Welcome to another edition of Midweek Mentions. I am your host, Christy Yamaguchi Main at Waffle House on Twitter. And this week we got Ant up in Brooklyn. We got the mayor of Cartersville, Georgia, Mayor Matt Santini. We got Schweitz up in Canada. And we've got Alley Cat in the house. Uh, welcome, everybody. How's everybody's week been so far? Tell me all at once. Everybody answer. It was great. Outstanding. Great. Excellent. All right. Got that over. See, that's that's efficiency right there. That's what that is. All right, and you've got a uh, you've got a topic that you brought up a little bit before we started recording. What was it again? So today in the in the final whatever, they were talking about who would be your NFL coaches barbershop quartet, and so I wanted to take it a little more local for us. That's such and a dumb talk topic. About, <laughs> yes, so and, and and they had so many good answers. It was hilarious. It was and. and and like they've been recently where they're talking about a topic, if someone else gave their answer, they're like, Rory's like, oh, I got to change my answer now. You gave me, you gave my answer. Like, so Cliff Kingsbury was... had to be on there, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he looks. But they more. did all time. So they had like Romeo Cornell. Oh, okay. They had okay. like. Uh, and had a mission wanted, um... was uh, Ron Rivera. I was yes. so upset they didn't have him. He would be perfect <laughs> for that. Really? Okay. So I was, Ron Rivera crossed my mind, but then like. I don't know what it is about. I don't know. I don't really picture him. I could just him. see him in the outfit. I could just see him. Just okay. The, yes. The, the, the sweater. Physique. Not necessarily yeah, the voice, okay, but just okay. the look of it. That I think he'd sense. make a perfect, like sense. what you'd see in a barbershop quartet. Okay. So Ant, you brought this subject up because you wanted to know out of the Lauer After Hours crew, who would be our top four for the barbershop quartet. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go right up. Just looking the part. I'm going to have to go with Steve. Steve with his like gelled hair and his clean cut baby face. I have to go with Steve right out of the gate. Who else has got a nominee for me? Are we going snake draft on this or are we just going to? Sure. Yeah. Mayor Matt, you go. You go. <laughs> no, no. Schweitz had his hand up. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I think Beep can uh, cover the base yes. really well. Yes. Uh, I was actually, I was going base and I was going to go with, uh, with Aaron or Schweitz. Aaron is a good one. Yep, yep. And uh, Schweitz absolutely uh, has that uh, lurch voice um, is what I what I think of it as. Yeah, Beep also has has that base covered. Uh, Allie, who would you nominate? I would say John. I feel like he could give you a little bit of mid-range and just his personality because he's just kind of all over the place, but he's fun. He's very fun when he's all over the place. So I think you need that. You need that character in your quartet. You can't just have everybody all be the same and he's your one that can give you both. That's true. I I do think the perfect fifth person who really wants to be in but just isn't quite good enough would be Flem. <laughs> on the OLI, outside looking in. Flem would be the uh, the annoying manager of the uh, barbershop quartet that booked their gigs for them, mm. I think. Uh, yes, I um, – so, yes, I think we chose some musical individuals. Um I would love to be secretly love to be in a barbershop quartet, but a I do not look the part, and b I cannot harmonize to save my <laughs> life. Like when I hear somebody else's voice in my ear, my voice automatically wants to match theirs, and I can't. I've I've tried harmonizing with people, and it is extremely difficult to do. You you can just play bass. Yes, I'll yeah, I'll just <laughs> I'll bang a bang a drum or like you know crash the cymbal at the end of the song. Or I, something. I think the other one that would look the part would be Bruce slash Lou. 
Yes, okay, it took me a second uh, to know who you're talking about because the man's got half a dozen names. One of his uh, personalities. Yes, uh, he's definitely got a, the personality, and, and same with John. Like, I feel like you have to be, like, you know, pretty uh, charismatic and mild-mannered and, and like, you know, kind of laid back to, to kind of get into the barbershop quartet world. We, we've also heard Morgan sing uh, plenty on these pods at times, especially with the mean, if you recall. So sure. I think uh, she certainly has a place in the quartet why are they barbershop quartets what what's the barbershop portion of that anybody know i think their vests or their jackets were reminiscent of the old barbershop like spinning thing that sits the barber outside. pole the barber pole yes yeah. the barber pole i think that's part of it you know with the with the white and red stripes or the white and blue stripes so uh the I do know the old barber pole, the white and red coloring was for uh, teeth for the white and blood for the red because barbers were also bloodletters back in the day. Um, you would go to have uh, your bloodlet, which when they thought everything had to do with having quote unquote bad blood or bad humors, you would go to one of these places and they would strategically slice you in places and squeeze some of your blood out uh, or apply leeches to you. Um, so that's my little bit of uh, barbershop trivia. Does does anyone ever remember the first time they went to a barber, sorry, Allie, and uh, got the shave with the straight blade and how just did anyone else find that weird? Because I I had that probably when I was 22 or so and uh, just sort of trimmed up around the beard. But it's just like, hey, there's a man I've met for the first time today who's holding a blade to my neck. And uh, this is weird. Anybody else have that experience? I had you pegged for saying that you had it when you were six. <laughs> I did start shaving when I was nine, but uh holy crap. Yeah. Seriously? Good lord, Schweitz. God, you have <laughs> got to oh man. The uh the nightmare which is your back, I don't want to imagine. Um oh, no. so <laughs> it was showing up for it was showing up for football in uh eighth grade and I took off my shirt and I was just covered with hair and everyone was just like, <laughs> so What the fuck? So funny. <laughs> So according to barbershopquartet.com, although barbershop quartet singing is associated with the United States, its origins are obscure. It may date from an era when American barbershops formed social and musical centers for men, or it may refer back to the British expression called barber's music, denoting a performance by patrons waiting to be shaved and referring to a barber's traditional role as a musician. Who knew? Wow. That? Okay. We are learning all sorts of stuff tonight. I want to just go back for a second. I can't believe no one said mayor. I can completely see a mayor being the head, the one guy with the mic who's like talking to the crowd and doing interactions. And now we're going to sing for you, you know, our next song. The hype and, man and, of the quartet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I can handle the hype man duties. I can go, hey, coming up next, we've got a great ditty. Chattanooga Choo Choo, take it away, boys. <laughs> I love that voice, Mayor. I like. I don't. I don't know if you've ever uh, sang before, but you do have the the timber in your voice, the tone for it. I am a. I love to sing. I am a terrible singer. I gotcha. I, I gotcha. Yeah, I actually did a show song uh, shortly after the twenty four hour marathon, and recorded it. And nobody. Uh, I think I've deleted it. Nobody. The world will never hear that. <laughs> It just was, it was really bad. Oh man. But we we got to include it on an episode of Midweek Mentions. Fantastic. Vocally, it, it just, it was cats being strangled <laughs> by something. Put it on the Patreon. 
Yeah, one week we've got to uh, to include it at the end of uh, an episode of Midweek Mentions, I think. All right, that was a great topic, Ant. Uh, what else you got this week? You said you had a couple of New York-centric ones. I, I did, I did. I wanted to uh, I wanted to hit Mike a little bit. This is going back to last week, actually. Mike and his sort of New York City hate. I mean, obviously, I'm born and raised and live here most of my life, except eight years in college. So I do love the city, but I just, like... The city is set up to navigate. The streets are north and south or east and west. We don't have any roundabouts or other crap that you find in other, like everything is set up though. I got to go, which way do I have to go? I have to go north. Okay, I know I'm going to go up numbers. I'm going south. I know I'm going down numbers. Like it's very easy to navigate. Also with our phones and our apps, like you plug in Google, I want to go here. And it tells you exactly where to go, where to walk, what's up to get on. Like it's so much easier than he made it out to be. Um, and, but I do agree that we are hyper local, so we tend to stay within a 10 block radius of where we live, but I, I was just sort of taken aback by Mike saying like how hard it is to get around the city. And I'm like, no, oh, the city's very, I mean, it's obviously not easy if you've never been here, but it's set up to be easy for tourists to come because it's a grid and the subway is sort of pretty easy, but mayor, you had a hand up. I, what are you going to say? I think the scaling throws you off. It's just such a massive city. It becomes intimidating. And, you know, it's not like Miami's a tiny city, but relative to New York City, it is. Um, I, I Here's the other thing I would say relative to New York. And again, I'm a native New Yorker as well. I'm on the upstate side. But I will say this. I've only been in New York City once. And I will tell you that while people talk about New York or they talk about Southern hospitality down here, it's a different kind of hospitality that New Yorkers have, but I'm going to it. It is authentic and it is real. When people say, "Hey, come on by the house," they mean come by the house. In the South, when they say, "Hey, come by and see us," don't you dare come by without calling and t- telling us beforehand. <laughs> there is a I, I find New York to be as friendly and as direct and as welcoming, and it really gets a bad rap for the whole thought of this a city that doesn't care. When I find again the authenticity. And the passion, and like you said, very local and a lot of pride. And um, anyway, I, well, as the I love New York. The biggest thing about the rudest stereotype that we get is we're not rude. We just know from our front door to our office, it takes 47 minutes and 11 seconds. So we're going to leave 50 minutes and we're just not going to look at you as you're staring at the sky trying to figure out where you're going. If you say, hey, hold on, can you help me? We will help you. We're just not thinking about helping you in that moment because we've got somewhere to be and everything is fast paced and we walk, you know, at twice the speed of of lots of other cities do and we just get, you know, so that's the thing that I also like to tell people is like, you know, if you can get us off of our, whatever focus we're on at the moment, we'll help you. We're not rude, we're just in a hurry basically. Yeah, But I digress. Okay, uh, horse dewormer. Who's taking it? Anybody? No. No. Okay. All right. I, I think Did you the, have to take I, it before you got on your uh, before you went to Yosemite? Yeah, I had to take horse dewormer to ride a horse uh, in in. It's, uh, how you, it's how you lost the weight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just pooped it's a new my diet craze. I pooped my brains out for a month on ivermectin. Awesome. Uh, get get well soon, Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh yeah Joe Rogan uh at, at 
time of recording just a few hours ago, um, it was announced that Joe Rogan is COVID positive and uh, is part of the regimen that he's taking besides Regeneron and monoclonal antibodies is Ivermectin. He's doing the horse dewormer. Uh, of course he so, would say he is. Him and that God judge almighty. need to get together. It's incredible. Well, one of the best tweets I saw over the last week, sorry, it wasn't one of yours, Will. That's okay. It was the... At the end of the day, the most genius thing ever was putting those uh, microchips inside the ivermectin. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Man, What what's even uh, wilder now is like people are being injured. It's just it's amazing to me. And this is this is, you know, well-worn territory at this point. But uh, people that are getting sick from the ivermectin and ha- ending up in the hospital because of it. Now that's part of the conspiracy as well. The hospital is like actually the ones like making them sick. And it's not the ivermectin. Like it's just to make people believe that the ivermectin doesn't work. It's just incredible how how like uh, d- just these people are the Simone Biles of mental gymnastics at every turn. It's incredible. What were you oh, going to say? Even, yeah. What's even better is that people don't realize there's two different ivermectins. So there's right. the ivermectin that's the horse dewormer, but then there's the actual ivermectin used on humans that treats river blindness. Like that's a legit oh thing. God. It cures river blindness yeah, yeah. for people in like African countries that live sure. and, get, and get river blindness with all the parasites in it. And they take it and it cures them from it. And it's just two completely different things. But yet people just run a jump and just start shitting themselves. It's so great. <laughs> it, you love to see it. God almighty. Oh, man. All right. Who's got another topic this week? Mayor, what you I've, got? So I did want to go back to something that's kind of related to Ant's topic and you know, talking about cities and whatnot. Today, Dan had Billy Corbin on, and he was talking about Miami. And, of course, their topic, one of the main topics was there was some violence. There was a guy that was on shrooms that shot a tourist and and Mm -hmm. kind of the senseless violence. And, you know, it it hits me in a few different places because being an elected official and hearing them talk about corrupt public officials and a history of it, you know, that's important to me to try to, to be ethical and to, to not be that kind of person. I think I do a fairly good job of that. But the thing that bothers me whenever there's these discussions, they talk about the leadership not being able to do something about the violence or, you know, it, the, the solution always comes from government. Well, you're not going to be able to stop a crazy person from getting on shrooms and shooting somebody. Right. So to hold the police chief, and I'm not saying that public officials shouldn't be held accountable and try to do everything they can i'm just saying you're not you're tasked to be to be perfect and not have any kind of crime at all when you just can't stop what's in the heart of man or or people that might have a mental issue that are going to do something foolish i don't care how good your government is or how good your police force is you're not going to be able to stop everything Right. This isn't minority report, right? This isn't the scene where the ball comes down the little thing and you got the precogs and stuff like there is. Unfortunately, there's a factor of chaos in life that you cannot do anything about. And a situation like that, I think, is a a good example of it, unfortunately. And I I use good example, not in a positive light, but uh, of, of just that that fact. So first, I have a question for you, Mayor. Are you a second generation mayor? Was your dad the mayor of Cartersville formerly? <laughs> uh, that isn't no, no. My father was not in public. So he was not okay. an elected official. No, nor were we in Cartersville. So, but uh, the other thing was, I thought what Billy Corbin had to say at the end was sort of interesting. Like, 
if you make the cops more friendly, if you make the cops be more invested in the tourist areas that are going on, you probably can't stop it. Like you said, a crazy guy is going to pull out a gun and do what he's going to do necessarily. But I feel like that would be helpful. I feel like we've gotten to a point where there's much more combativeness from community and police and there's blame to go on multiple sides, but I feel like if there can be more, like, I feel like, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to sound like an old man, but I feel like 50 years ago, the cop lived on the block in the neighborhood that he was policing. And so he had investment in everything that went on around him because it was part of him, his wife, his kids, his mother, his father, his parents, his aunts and uncles, et cetera. I mean, grandparents, aunts and uncles, et cetera. And I feel like we've lost some of that where if there can be less combativeness, I don't know, things can just be a little bit better. I'll agree with you entirely. And I, and I tell people, you know, I think the best police officers we could hire in our city would be a, a quite honestly, African-American that was, that grew up here. Because if there is something in a certain part of town, if there's a lot, if there's, you know, if you're, if you're bringing two 25 year old white guys from another city up here to handle a situation versus, you know, we have some, we've got good diversity on our police staff and they're in the leadership roles. But, you know, if there's something going on, you know, they're going to walk up there and just kind of snap their finger and go, what are you doing? You know, get out of here. And they, again, we're trained not to escalate, but to de-escalate. Here's an interesting fact, and I'll try not to drone on this. Our city is a certified, it's state certified, our police force is. Of all the police forces in the state of Georgia, there are only about 10% of them that receive a state certification, that go through the trouble of being state certified. All the rest are just, there's, there's no, they don't, have that standard or go through the training or the protocols or the safeguards. If we've got an officer that's in three physical altercations over a X amount of time, then, you know, they're going to review these tapes or, or, or do some kind of training because there's no reason unless there's extenuating circumstances, why they would be involved in physical alter- altercations. It's just kind of an outlier. So there's training that's involved, but so I, I agree with you Ant. but there's also, there's also that side to where, Again, nobody likes nobody wants the the fire department till their house is on fire. Go ahead, Will. I was just gonna say, as far as like um, the whole policing in your communities aspect, I, I hear that that argument a lot. Um, in these major metropolitan areas like South Beach, um, the police can't afford to live there. First of all, so they're they're not going to be policing their own communities. You know, the 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 these. The housing markets in these places are so astronomical. Um, And also uh, uh, police departments, a lot of uh, uh, sheriffs and police chiefs will actively search for people that do not live in these communities so that they can go in and crack heads without repercussion. Because if a police chief has a uh, MO or a way that he wants to operate, he doesn't necessarily want his officers to be a part of that community because then they might not feel, you know, uh, as robust about a, uh, you know, going into a place and, and cracking heads or, you know, cracking down on crime, so to speak. It's very prevalent in the, uh, North, uh, uh Pacific Northwest, uh, particularly in like the Portland area, they actively recruit outside of their communities that, uh, you know, in these police departments. So it's pretty messed up, but anyway, 
Um, all right. Uh, that was an interesting discussion with Billy Corbin this morning. I, I uh, to, to get back on that. Mayor, what were you going to say? So the second part of that was, have you ever gone to work while you're on vacation? I'm actually taking a vacation day Uh-oh. tomorrow. And uh, you can tell by behind me, this addition to our house is almost complete. And so my background has been kind of messed. This has been kind of the storage room I've been operating out of for a while. But I'm taking a vacation day because I've got to be at the house. But at the same time, I'm going to be preparing for a football broadcast on Friday. And I'll be probably working more tomorrow than I will be (laughs) on a normal work day. So my question is, have you ever gone into work while you're on vacation like Dan has and like Roy has and like a bunch of the other shipping container has. Hmm. My job doesn't really allow me to, cause it's like, I I'm only working if I'm there. So like if I take a vacation day, you cannot, you could not get me to go into work if it would save my life. You know what I mean? Like if I am getting paid to not be there, um, I might do other work. I might not be completely relaxed or actually on vacation. But if I take a vacation day, ain't no way in hell I'm going to clean cars. That is for sure. What about y'all? Aunt? So since I do most of my work as a programmer on a computer, I oftentimes am splitting working while I'm on vacation. Sure. Um, Going back a couple of years, we took a trip to Italy for 17 days and I would do like two hours of work in the morning and two hours in the evening just to see if there were any fires or anything that came up. But the rest of my time would be um, and that sort of allowed me to take a longer vacation than I would have normally because I was able to put some work in and make up some hours or do some hours and still be able to to take a longer vacation. So right. I, I find I'm oftentimes splitting my time. And I wouldn't say in a bad way necessarily, although sometimes my kids are like, do you ever close your computer? And I'm like, well, I'm not working now. It's just, you that's know, how, it's that's how, because it's open. That's how it is for my wife. Uh, she's a real estate agent. So like, you know, a lot of times she's trying to make sure deals are going smooth. You know, they're big month long, sometimes uh, transactions where she's closing houses. Allie, what about you? So in the army, we each got 30 days of leave per year. Um, I Man, what a cushy remember. ass job. I, I know, wish I right? Got and four day weekends, Good four day Lord. weekends, once hey, a month. Have to have your head, you know, free health care. Yeah, free health care. What kind of you socialist know? shit is this? God almighty. All right, anyway, but, uh, go ahead. But yeah, I remember having to come in off maternity leave a whole bunch. So with whenever I had Lucy, I had six weeks. I remember cutting my maternity leave a short a week because I had to go to some conference. And then whenever I had 12 weeks, the second time I had to come in all the time answering emails all the time I remember answering emails in the delivery room because as wow. a leader you're the Holy first one crap. in last one out you're all, you're in charge your boss doesn't know what he's doing your soldiers always come to you because you know what you're doing and right. yeah as I'm having contractions still answering emails about where something is <laughs> trying to put out fires all the time I was on my email all the time were you screaming the- at people through the email as you're going into labor like oh yeah per my last email like like was everything in caps I just, oh, yeah, that's the perfect way to I just imagine like your caps lock being on for however many emails you sent from the labor, uh, <laughs> from the delivery oh, it room. Was, it was terrible. And I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't known as I'd say a very friendly, approachable person. I was very blunt, straightforward. So if people were coming to me with issues. You know, you're getting straight shit back. Like awesome. I didn't care. So it was even turned up all the way. Well, you know, you're having contractions, right? Schweiss, Thank you for your you? service. <laughs> Did you say cervix? So, uh, 
<laughs> hey, that was good. Come on, y'all. That was good. It was a great yeah. show. Mary's face was amazing. Mary is still red. So, <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? Sorry. I was just gonna say. So, at my last job, similar to you, Will, it's not stuff that I could take home. But I was usually just because it tended to be if I was away for a day or something like that, uh, everything just doubled the next day. People couldn't right. really cover what I was doing. So a lot of times I was still like on the phone with other coworkers just to make sure to answer questions or make sure they were doing it just because it would make my day easier the next day. Um, but my wife, who is a corporate lawyer, when she, you know, joined the firm she's on, it's sort of no, you know, you have vacation days, uh, but you in theory, right? In theory, but you essentially need to be accessible 24 hours and, yeah. uh, you know, they, they will honor, you know, obviously like mat leave they honor, but in like weddings, stuff like that, they honor when they can, but sometimes like if you're too low on the, on the ladder, it's, you know, you're getting a call, you know, you're getting an email at 2 AM and they're asking right. you to do something. Yeah. I've a, uh, so, so I've, I've never really had a job. I guess I've been at the same place for the past 10 years now, 10, 11 years. So I haven't really had to have a job that's, that has that kind of relationship with it, you know, where there's like, there's the, the constant boundary crossing and stuff. Like when I go on vacation and obviously again, you know, the, the nature of my job is very blue collar, you know, like there's not a whole lot that they would call me about in the first place. Um, you know, they can pretty much, uh, handle it while I'm gone. So, um, yeah, that's man, that's that's a tricky thing that that work life balance where like you're you're told you get like a certain amount of vacation, but it's just all on paper. It's it's basically just theoretical. That's well, that. well, one of the reasons uh, in Canada you get uh, 12 months maternity leave. It can be 18 months. It's not all that's incredible. Covered. That's amazing. But wow. uh, my wife is certainly taking advantage of that time because they, you know, she doesn't have anything like she actually, it's a legit break from work. Right. So. Right. That's awesome. All right. Who else has got a topic this week? Thank you for her cervix. <laughs> I will tell her you said that mayor. She will be mortified. Schweitz, you got a topic? I just want to talk about uh, Bishop Sycamore. I think it's, <laughs> literally the gift that keeps on giving it's one of the funniest uh stories i just ever mostly because everyone is safe nobody nobody got hurt right right it's just the more that comes out like all of the jokes that are being made about it it's just all wonderful to me and i just want what, what how does everybody else feel about that <laughs> i i, I kind of echo what you just said it's it's just incredible like the deep i feel like over the next month or so, as more former recruits get interviewed by like complex sports or sports illustrated, ESPN, et cetera, they're going to like, the stories are going to keep piling up. And what is this guy's criminal liability for this? Like, did he break laws in by organ by having these guys play this game? Like, or did he just break like civil, like, like his civil liability, sure. I'm sure he's going to get sued to hell and back, right? This guy will be in court the rest of his life. I mean, I'm but sure legally, there's fraud. Fra I mean, yeah. there's there's fraud here. There's, um, but I'm sure there's 
some criminality with uh could, could he be responsible for like child neglect for the other team like child they, endangerment yeah something like that if Ooh, the kids are under 18 okay, for the other okay. team yeah but he had he had warrants out for him prior to this game <laughs> so as they were this saying like, today this is the, the real one life thing you don't guts. you don't want to be is hey i'm running from the police hey let me put my face <laughs> on television on a nationally televised high school football game. It's amazing. It's amazing. The gall that it takes to do that. The complete, like, like this is truly Stugatz turned up to 11. That Like, th- this is this is what it would look like if one of Stu's stupid harebrained schemes that never makes it past the second hour of the show actually came to fruition in real life. It's Tim Jerns. And this is also an opportunity to remind you to go to shop.loweraftahours.com, where I believe we have Bishop Sycamore shirts on sale. So make sure you stop by. A lot of great products. Shop.loweraftahours.com. Thank you so much, Mayor. Thank you. Aunt, what do you got? I was going to say, I, I sort of disagree a little bit with you, Will. I feel like this guy's probably done this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he just feels he's bulletproof. Like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, there's warrants out for my arrest and they ain't getting me. Yeah, of course I'll go on TV because it'll make the program bigger. It'll bring us more money. It'll bring us more prestige. Like, you know, he's probably not even thinking about the thought that he could get caught, given that this is not the first time he's, this is not the first game he did this with, you know? That's true. I mean, I think, I think to do something on this level, like this is the, uh, this is the, the 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 thing that Dan talks about all the time, where an an athlete, a high level, high caliber athlete, when they take the field or the court or the diamond or whatever, they do not think they're going to lose. There is no way they are going to lose. There's no scenario that ends with them losing. To to pull this off or to even to get yourself in the situation where you're in a nationally televised game on ESPN, you have to have that mindset. <laughs> like you're saying, Ant, where, where there's like, you're not going to get caught because you can't get caught because you're smarter than everybody else. Like, or, or, or why else would you do it? Right? Like right. nobody, nobody commits a crime and genuinely thinks, this is I'm I'm gonna get caught at the end of this. Like that's not how that's not how criminals work at all, at all. The the other thing I don't understand I don't know like if I was one of these athletes why would I be going there? Like I just don't even like that part also confused me. Like it wasn't like they were a national. I mean they've been on TV or different things before, but what were they offering these these athletes that you know another place might not have offered them. You're playing on national television. Maybe you did play JUCO, and maybe you've got nothing else that's going on in your life. Here's an opportunity for your face to be on television for you to put something on film exactly. that may give you another shot. And again, it's it's, it's a long shot. It's a desperate shot, but when you think about where they where they are, perhaps that you know that what are, what do they have to lose? That's oh, no, what I, I was. Guess that. I just don't know how you like when you're recruiting a guy to come. You don't have the ESPN game yet. You don't have some of these other stuff that like would be interesting to these kids. I guess maybe. I guess maybe if they are from JUCO and you know that that's, well, this seems so like the best thing for them. 
it's it's desperation is is like and, and I don't mean desperation. I don't know these players like life circumstances, but I mean desperation to still have a foot in the door playing somewhere in hopes that it gets you recruited to other places. Um the the recruitment tactic that they were using, like this guy uh that got interviewed for complex, there's Instagram videos of him when he visited the facility uh where there's like music playing in the background there's like people working out and stuff and uh apparently the guy that was running the program the head coach said that like netflix was going to make a documentary about them so then that gets in the back of your mind like hey if you know why would this guy be obviously this is real i'm in a real place like this the the idea that this could possibly be fake never entered any of these people's minds including espn or that paragon company or whatever else sure like, but if you've been to junior college why are you going back to high school to play more football like it seems you're taking a step backwards even if it's a prominent high schooler you know someone who's going to be on netflix or whatever i don't know yeah like, like the I, thought of break as a student the thought of breaking that rule just doesn't like that's not the first place I would think to go. I don't know. I don't know. If you've played JUCO and you got cut from there and then a high school is saying you can come back here and give you, you know, you can come play for us and you can redo your high school career. Like, uh, like when I was in high school, I was absolutely stupid enough to believe that if somebody told me, why would these adults be lying to me and telling me that I'm not actually eligible to play in high school again? You know what I mean? Like, and you're telling me I get to play football. I get a starting position. I get to be wide receiver. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take you up on that. So I think there's just a lot of like, there's a lot of us sitting as like here as like, you know, old men with a lot of perspective looking at this going like you idiots. Why would you do that? Where like when you're a 17, 18 year old, 19 year old kid, it just seems like a yes. If you tell me I can play football, I'm absolutely going to play football and I don't care what the details are. No, the other so. thing that confused me is how do even like how do they connect? Like, I guess, I guess this high school is going out and trying to find all the JUCO kids who've been cut and trying to bring them in. It just seems like there's a disconnect there. But maybe again, it's me as an old white man. If you need a second shot and hey, just you come to us, we'll get you eligible. If you yeah. want to play, we're going to get you eligible. We're going to put you in the spotlight. We're going to give you that second chance. That's that's exactly uh, that's that's exactly how it comes across. And and again, like if you've got a dude on the level of Stu Gotts hyping you up, gassing you up, telling you that you're going to play football again, that's a that's a hard uh, personality to overcome if you're also eager to uh, to to play. And hey, there's no math class you have to take either. Yes, exactly. <laughs> precisely right precisely right Allie you got topic this week I mean I had something just kind of tied into the whole Bishop Sycamore thing yeah. has anybody ever fallen for a scam before Ooh, like has anybody ever been catfished or like clicked a link in an email or anything mm. like that I've, I've fallen for a scam it was oh god what was that like I would think it was 18 and me and a buddy of mine Craig were trying to get fake IDs because of course um and we found someone who knew someone who hooked us up with someone or whatever supposedly it was some multiple degrees of separation so we didn't really know the person um and he's like yeah come with me we'll go go to the bank each of you take out a hundred dollars and i'll go get the ids and i'll come back and meet you and we were like yes and yeah you i mean you can you can you can realize what the rest of the story was and, <laughs> That's a pretty pretty easy mark right there, huh? Yeah, you know, we were like these young, you know, I mean, oh, 
young, fresh-faced kids, just like, you'll get us IDs, 100 bucks, sure, no problem. Like not even, and it's it's one of my most, b- biggest regrets ever on how stupid I was. Oh no, and that's a cheap th- lesson right there. That's a very cheap lesson. The funny thing is my buddy was even, I, I was like, eh, my buddy was like, only a hundred dollars. Awesome. I'm like, Oh God. And after fact was like tail between our legs, going back to where, you know, getting back on the train or, or to, to go home. And- <laughs> um, so I, I remember one time, um, my mom and dad got into a, uh, knockdown drag, drag out, knockout drag. What is the saying? I'm confused. Knockdown knock drag, drag out fight, argue like argument, uh, not a physical thing. Uh, because my dad, my dad used to drink a lot. Um, he, uh, would get drunk and then drive up to the gas station and get more alcohol and he met a dude while he was up there at the gas station who was selling TVs out of the back of his truck. And these, these like, like 40 inch televisions in these cardboard boxes and sold my dad, uh, like two televisions for like $200 a piece. And my dad, I remember my dad drunkenly opening them up in the living room and they were full kind of, of bricks packing peanuts and lead like that was the only thing in the box uh they had the perfect heft to them and everything uh and and that's that was i my mom was so pissed at him and rightfully so um we were not very rich growing up so four hundred dollars was probably all we had in savings um at the time so it was uh it was quite the ordeal at my house Similar story, not exactly a scam, but uh, when I was younger, my grandfather had an office on the ninth floor of an office building. Uh, my dad was his partner. My mom had her had her own business, but also had an office within that complex. And my mom walked in one day and there was a guy carrying a computer out and she held the door for him. And he walks out and she walks over to my dad and says, where's he taking that computer? what what guy's taking a computer so my dad then chased him down got the computer back and we always joke that <laughs> my, my dad uh my mom was so polite she held the door for the thief that's amazing and uh my dad chased him down by elevator that's amazing yeah, yeah uh, once again it's all about confidence right that's how you get your team on a nationally televised game on espn or how you walk out the front door with stolen merchandise um uh, that reminds me of another, I, I used to work at a grocery store at a Winn-Dixie and uh, one Saturday morning I went into work and these dudes were pushing out the big floor cleaner, the thing that waxes the floors. And these are, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment and uh, nobody stopped them. Nobody thought twice about it. They loaded it up into this white van. They had like work shirts on and then uh, <laughs> the people that actually clean the floors with those things, the service we use, show up and want to know where the equipment is. And we were like, we thought you sent somebody to get it. And they were, they were like, absolutely not. No. It turned out these guys had hit like every grocery store in the area and just like showed up, walked straight to the back, took the machine out like they were going to do repairs to it and took all. I don't and I don't know what the black market is for those big floor cleaners, but <laughs> it had to be, you know, they had to be making money off of it somehow. So uh, that's uh, that's that's the thing that reminded me of it. Yeah. My only scam, um, similar note, I um, 
I bought a floor buffer one time for a hundred bucks. It worked really great though, so I don't know if that was scammed or not. <laughs> hey, if you got a good deal on it, I don't think you didn't get scammed. That's for sure. All right. Uh, on that note, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Aunt, where can we find you on Twitter? At Stiano, S-T-A-I-A-N-O. Excellent, excellent. Allie, where can we find you on Twitter? At Too Tough to Tame, Lady in Black, Darlington Race Weekend. Everybody, check it out. Woo! All right. Uh, Schweitz, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Thomas the Tank Engine. Excellent. And Mayor Matt, where can we find you? Uh, at Santini Matt uh, on Twitter. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, where can we go again to get one of those Bishop Sycamore shirts? Hey, make sure you head to shop.lowerafterhours.com. A lot of great products, including the uh, ALS hats that are still for sale and other all of your favorite Lower After Hours gear. Remember to tune in to all the other podcasts, part of the Lower After Hours family. Thank you and so this much. This is why Mayor's in my barbershop quartet. All right. Uh, you can find me at Waffle House on Twitter. We really appreciate you listening. Check out all of our other episodes during the week, and we will see you next time.